enterprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today is another episode, episode three of Mastering 40. Excited to bring this one to you. Things are progressing well, as you'll hear, but not all the way, all the way well. <laughs> Things are certainly, um, certainly have a lot of challenges coming up. August was one thing. September is going to be a totally different thing with school starting and all of the demands from a scheduling standpoint. And that's going to put on my kids, me and my wife, who is a school teacher, and it's going to be a little nutty. So in this conversation, it's just going to be uh, two parts. It's with Starla Garcia, my uh, registered dietitian, also Adrian Langlier. I said Langlier last time. It's not. Gosh, I got her mispronounced, mispronounced this poor woman's name who's helping me out so much. It's Adrienne Langelier, uh, who is my sports psychologist and therapist. And we have you know, really good conversations with both of these people. Um, my conversation with my running coach, James McCurdy, was valuable, but things are progressing in a way that isn't you know, that instructive right now. Things from a running standpoint are um, getting up to 40 and 50 minute runs. Really haven't incorporated any speed work yet, but I'm not injured. I'm feeling good, slowly progressing. Uh, the next time I do Mastering 40 in three weeks, I'll definitely have my conversation with James on there because we'll start doing some more. Uh, basically, we'll start looking at doing some races for the fall. So I'll be doing the McCurdy trained uh, fall series. The first one is actually next weekend. I'm just going to be doing it nice and easy. But um, there's going to be three more after that. So it's 5K, 10K, 5K, 10K. And I'll be doing all of them to varying degrees of, um, of effort. So I'm really excited to do that. Before we get into it, I also want to give a shout out to one of my Mastering 40 partners, Prevenex. I love these guys, specifically Neurofy Plus, their protein shake. I can't even call it a protein shake. It's more of a meal replacement because there's so many vitamins and minerals in this thing. It's vegan. Um, it's just really, really good. It mixes extremely well. I like to have it right after my workout. So as soon as I finish up a workout, I shake it up and I have it right away because frankly, usually when I'm a morning runner too, I just don't have time to make breakfast as soon as I walk in the door. Neurofy Plus gives me all the nutrition, all the nutrients I want right in that window, right after I finish my workout. It's so important to have it there. Uh, it really helps satiate me as well because if you don't eat during that little window, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, I'm just hungry for like the next 12 hours if I don't do that. So I love having Neurofy Plus. What I do is I do two scoops. Um, I'm loving the chocolate. I'll put in a little bit of milk and then I'll put in some water, shake it up, and then I'm good to go. Love that stuff. Um, let me just tell you, if you're not trying it, you should because uh, it really is good for you. In addition, even if you're not working out right now, uh, I've in the past, I've used it just as a mid-afternoon or mid-morning snack and it's worked well in that capacity as well. Head over to Prevenex.com and use code RUNNER15 to save 15% your first order. So let's dive into it with Starla and Adrian. Matt, how are you? Adrian Longelier, thank you so much for having me back. Um, you're in Texas. I'm driving home from a Texas roadhouse, which took 25 minutes longer than it should have to pick up my order, which is why we're starting this call. Still in my car, driving home. Um, I'm safe, but you know, I'm all, I'm all Texas right now. <laughs> that that's amazing and yeah texas has nothing to do with the long wait um 
who knows? Maybe they just made something very special for you. I I got no idea. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> that would be great. I know. As I uh, we, as I told you, as, that. I'm trying I, to turn. I'm trying to turn this positive. Well, you know what? The the the, the car next to me had Texas license plates. So I know, despite your refusal to believe this, this has to be from Texas. Otherwise, why would somebody from Texas who's missing home desperately and can only find solace uh, for their grief in the Texas Roadhouse parking lot, just like myself? Uh, oh my so, you know, I think hopefully not only can you know this conversation turn a frown upside down, hopefully the, the half slab of ribs <laughs> that are marinating in my front seat can do the same. Amazing. Starla, is this cool? <laughs> Truth be told, the half rack is for my wife. I have the steak salad. Nice. Um, such is life, I guess. Getting your iron stores up. Love it. Given that that is not my job. So I think I'm going to try and stay in my lane and stop trying to defend Texas, which I learned <laughs> that Texas Roadhouse exists in Rhode Island. That's cool. So what else is cool? Well, besides you piercing the fourth wall of the podcast by asking Starlo a question when she's not even on the line, um, besides that coolness, I would say right now um, things you know have been have been progressing fairly well uh, this past week. Uh, last week was just tough. Family stuff was just tough last week. We had a call <laughs> offline that we didn't record. It was all family stuff, no running. Uh, and I know that's important. And I'm definitely like being as open and honest as I can be with this. Um, but that was much more, I don't think that was necessary to, to record with that said, it's been a lot of like, all right, the parenting frustrations, um, got to, you know, I think there's, there's always a low level of that's always just going to be around. Right. I mean, that's just going to be like that low level hum. That's always going to be there. Um, even in the best of times. So I think, you know, talking to you about some of the stuff that I was going through, um, was helpful because ultimately you know, these, these areas of our lives aren't siloed off. And, um, I just needed a, I just needed a space to vent, um, ultimately. Uh, so it was great. So you were very helpful with that, but it, you know, I think, you know, to the larger point, um, and this will probably come up much more than just on today's conversation. Um, it was nice to, you know, kind of re reconnect with the parenting self in a way that, um, will allow me to hopefully, you know, make it so the stuff that's going on in that area of my life don't completely encroach upon to the point of overwhelming um, some of the other areas of my life, despite it being probably the most important part of my life. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, kind of at that thought, one thing that I think is really important, and I don't have kids, but, you know, in my professional life is, and in my running as well, if something's off at home or with my family is it's going to affect everything else. So we do have to pivot sometimes and be like, okay, in order to, you know, kind of get this in a better spot, we have to focus on the more important stuff right now. So fortunately it's just running. And that's going to be there. And um, one thing that I think this was actually a good teachable moment is what we want is to make sure that your prior priorities, excuse me, are as in line as possible as we kind of go through this journey. So it's going to probably ebb and flow as, as we move forward. 
But uh, no, I think it was it was necessary. And, you know, you did some great work on that end. I appreciate it. Yeah. And I've been trying to read up as well. Um, so we had a we had a book that was recommended to me by um, our pediatrician who's really good and we trust a lot. Um, so that was really helpful as well. Um, so I'm trying to read up on that, you know, read, you know, I'm, I'm an audio book guy. So when I say read, I don't want to misrepresent, you know, <laughs> what I'm actually doing, but, um, no, so that was helpful. And then just sometimes just space, you know, not, you know, not, not physical space. Cause you know, we're still all over each other over here. Um, but you know, space and time also can help, can help a little bit too. Uh, that's for sure. And I do I know it did for me at least. Right. What's great is when we're kind of at our point where we're just the most distressed, the most pissed off, the most frustrated. We're literally on the other side once some of the emotion kind of dies down because it will. Um, you know, all things are temporary is a mantra I use uh, quite often with things myself is that's when we can be good or we can be great. And the practice of being a great parent, athlete, podcast host, whatever, is, okay, what's something I can do to get better? I'm frustrated. What I'm doing isn't working. So let's learn. Let's reach out. Let's bring in other perspectives. And I think that's pretty much critical to any journey. Otherwise, we are going to feel stuck and we are going to feel lost. What do you think? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think, especially professionally, I do that all the time. I'm always picking people's brains and calling people up and texting people and, and all of that. So yeah, I think I think that, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. So on top of that, let's kind of check in a little bit on uh, the running into things. What's been great? What's been frustrating? Uh, give me the rundown. Um, well, first of all, I still feel really good. So no issues with any injuries and things like that. So um, that's been great. Um, I've been starting, I've been transitioning now to morning runs. And I think it's because maybe it's, I'm just not quite as fit as I was when I was last doing morning runs. So my body's just like, um, it's just, not, <laughs> it's taking a little longer to ramp up. <laughs> so, um, so like that first mile, like I, I'm not, I'm not expecting big things, but like, man, actually at like the end of the first mile, I've been stopping occasionally to like, just kind of walk around for like a minute. And then kind of like restarting, um, which is, you know, it's not like it's not it's not like killing my momentum or anything, but it's just like oh, this is this is new. Like I prefer not to do this. You know what I mean? So it can be a little frustrating. Um, you know, after a while, I, I kind of forget about it. I move on. And after the run, I really don't reflect on it a whole lot. So um, that's just kind of getting used to how I'm how I'm moving around. It's not even like a nutrition thing. It's just, you know, just, you know, normally I wake up and after half an hour, like I'm ready to go. And that's always been the case. It's been the case for a long time. So I think it's just either, you know, fitness slash trying some new stuff. Um, but ultimately, um, transitioning to morning runs is kind of the necessary thing now because Holly starts work on Wednesday of this week. Uh, so we're recording this on Labor Day. And then the kids go back to school beginning of next week. So, um, yeah, man, <laughs> it's going to be morning runs from here on out. <laughs> Things are changing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's what you're doing is how long have you been an evening runner? Oh, no, I've never I never really have been an evening runner. Okay, I've been able to oh, do some okay. afternoon runs. Gotcha. Um during the summer. Uh, gotcha. But you know, so we'll see. You know what I mean? That I, but what would stop me from doing afternoon runs is distance learning. 
So if the kids go back to school or when they go back to school um, full time, then I might still be able to get some runs in during the day as someone who works from home. You know, I can kind of kind of do my lunch break or something. Um, but with distance learning uh, starting out, my my kindergartner will go back to school um, unless we pull him, and then my third grader is starting out working from distance learning. So um, that's a long way of me saying morning runs for a while now is going to be is going to be the norm. Um, which means that I have to do a better job going to bed early, which has always been a struggle for me because frankly, like, yeah, I just, yeah man, like I want to be like, I want to have like that time at night where I can just like be an adult and just like, you know, I think we talked about this, but basically like the idea, like, the, I feel like I'd be missing like, a, like adult alone time. If I go to bed, if I go to bed like nine o'clock at night, it's like, all right, like I didn't, you know, I never like, you know, I mean, I guess maybe it'll be different. Maybe I'll feel different if like I can work during the day. I'm the only one in the house. And that's just, and I, I kind of get that. But like right now, like that's not the case. You know what I mean? Like I'm working from home with the kids running around. So like when the kids go to bed, it's like, oh, finally, I want to savor this moment. Like I don't want tomorrow to come kind of feel to it. Um, so all of a sudden it's like 12, 15 at night. And I'm like, oh, gosh, darn it. I'm waking up at 430. You know what I mean? Like this was not okay. the plan. <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I stayed up till 1230. Um, I just can't do it anymore. Clearly, I've been doing a lot of morning running. But okay, so one question. Does it have to be every single night? Or, you know, is there space in your training, space in your life to where you could enjoy some of that too? Because what I'm trying to set up and kind of look at the big picture is I don't want you towing the line, you know, next year thinking, oh, my God, I sacrificed so much. Um, There needs to be a little bit of give and take there. So I just want you to think about that. And I think that's more uh, something to discuss with your coach. But I found, uh, and this isn't just with myself, but with especially runners that I work with, is we get into these ruts and we have these ideas of how things are supposed to be but we're forgetting to be human kind of along the way. So just kind of a little word of caution there. Yeah, that's smart. I never thought about that. It ends up to free you up a little bit because we don't want to be thinking all or nothing. Mm, good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought, I hadn't considered that at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this does not mean you're going to cease to be an adult, Matt. It's okay. <laughs> it's not the, it's not the, it's, it's the, it's the too, it's the too much adulting. It's the time where I don't want to be an adult. It's when I just want to like, I want to have just like me sitting there, no responsibilities. That's the part that I want. That's the part that I'm yearning for. So, um, anyway, you know, and I think that the other piece too, is that the more the distance learning plays a part is the more that the nighttime is going to be harder. Cause it's kind of like, all right, I understand, like, I need to play a role at that point as like my children's co-teacher. And that's necessary. And like, we're blessed to be in a situation where like, I can pick that up because, you know, you know, before March 1st of 2020, like I worked in an office ever since I graduated from college. You know what I mean? So, um, this is a whole new thing. So we're in a very fortunate situation. It's a family that we don't have two, two, um, you know, two parents who are like, Oh, who's going to help out with the kids? Like, this is going to be pretty crazy. Um, so, I think that's a blessing. On the other hand, it's like, well, my work's got to get done at some point too. Uh, so what is, what is that going to mean? So uh, 
September is going to be <laughs> September is going to be pretty crazy. Um, trying to put all this stuff together with the idea of, you know, not only is it going to be, you know, the distance learning with the kids, but you also have the situation where just getting back into the routine. I remember like shooting March, like trying to set up the routine, getting, getting my daughter like used to it and getting used to her, getting used to me doing stuff. And like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like really good at it either, you know, so I definitely learned um, how to behave and how to act and how to kind of go through the day with her. Um, hopefully some of that, you know, has, has been baked in at this point. But um, yeah, I think you know, not, just not only from a time perspective, I just think from like a orientation perspective, you know, September is going to be nutty for, for, for this. And it's going to be, it's going to definitely make getting everything in, in one day tough for sure. Uh, it could mean just like, you know, that the weekends aren't really the weekends. Like I might just have to like start pushing stuff to the weekends and, and batching some work at that point. Um, just because I can't be like, all right, I'm staying up to 11 o'clock every night now. Like that isn't necessarily going to be sustainable either. Yeah. That's not really mastering anything. That's kind of hanging on for life. Isn't it? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, okay. So we think about what, what lies ahead this month. Uh, Cause we're on the backside of Labor Day right now. And how does it make you feel? Are you, you know, is it kind of a confusion? Is it stress? Is it ambivalence? Uh, what comes up for you? I got a couple things. I got, first of all, like, and this is in no particular order. I'm just going to start with the positive just to like, hopefully like ingrain it in my own head. I guess the positive is like, I feel lucky that, or fortunate, you know, for the, for what I just mentioned. That we that we that we do we are in a situation where I'm not like oh shoot I got to like talk to my boss and hopefully I can work from home or like my wife's like all right like I'm distance learning my kid I'm teaching my students you know remotely but I have to like assist my own kids as they learn remotely like we don't have to do that so I feel very fortunate about that um, I also feel like I feel a little selfish like having. These thoughts of like, yeah, they have to learn, but like, what about my stuff? And like, a part of me is like, well, that's just, that's what it is to have a career. And, you know, uh, but then part of me is like, oh, that's kind of selfish too. Cause you're just like immediately like, yeah, I know the kids are important, but what about me? Um, and it just, it's like, I know that that isn't necessarily selfish, but it just, I don't know. It just feels that way. Um, so there's there's that part like I'm I'm nervous like I'm nervous for like my wife because like I know that I saw what the toll the last spring took on her and also we're going down that same path um for the distance learning thing and just how her 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 town is um one of the more like hardcore towns when it comes to like getting this stuff done um you know like they're like all right like you need to do everything you normally do in this in the classroom and it's like. Yeah, but I'm not in the classroom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, if wow. I do all that, that will take like 10 times as long. And it's like, all right, well, that's just the way it goes. Um, and, you know, that just, it just, it becomes a huge burden for her. Uh, and then, it, and then, you know, by, by transfer property, like a huge burden for everybody, you know, cause we're all interrelated over here. And then, you know, just the idea of like, also we're, now we're going to be, you know, our, our whole family is going to be exposed to a lot more people. Um, and we have, you know, you know, my parents and, and my wife's parents, we see all the time. Like my wife's family lives, her parents live across the street from us, you know, and, and they're in a, from a health situation are in a delicate spot. And it's like, all right, like, well now, like we've been, we've been super careful, um, passing anything to them just because they can't get it. Um, and never mind COVID stuff. And now we're in a situation where like, 
my kids and my wife are now going to be exposing, you know, they're going to be exposed. So it's like from a family perspective, we have that, that anxiety as well. So uh, I think there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Um, and it kind of depends on like on the moment, which one I'm thinking about, but there's just a lot, a lot stewing, stewing around. Yeah, I'm definitely picking up some anxiety, but with all this, and of course the, the blessing of being in the situation, the selfishness, everything you just spoke of, how can we begin to reconcile that? Well, um, I guess starting with the selfishness first, I guess like part of it is like, I guess I wouldn't feel the selfishness part if I was working my, like my previous job. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is that like this, my profession doesn't feel like a job. Mm-hmm. So it almost feels like a hobby. And so like, because of that, it's kind of like, I'm all right. I'm, I'm like sacrificing like something with my daughter to do a hobby. And like inherently I'm like, that's not right. You know what I mean? Or like, whereas like, it's not just that, like, you know, it's fun. I love it. And it doesn't feel like work, but it is, it is my profession. So I think it, part of it is just like, not, not, I guess reframing it in a way. Um, but at the same time, not putting a negative stance on like, Oh, work, work stinks. You know what I mean? Not like taking that approach, but like having that, that under that clear understanding um, in regards to, you know, I guess balancing with other things that like, this is, this is, you know, this is really important. Um, even though it is also really enjoyable and fun at the same time, I guess like for me, like I've never like put like those words and then work together in the same sentence. You know what I mean? Like that just hasn't been the case. Um, you know, even when I was coaching, like it really wasn't the case because normally like the, the late night stuff involved like recruiting and scouting and, breaking down tape and like that definitely felt like work for sure. Whereas like recording podcasts and like doing athlete plans and like shoot, just like doing stuff for mastering 40, like running and talking to to you, Sarlin and James, like that doesn't feel like work at all. Uh, in fact, like that's like the opposite. So I guess for me is it's because it doesn't feel like work. Sometimes I don't classify it that way in my head. Well, and does it have to be traditional? Um, and it, in my opinion, uh, it's okay to like your job. It's okay to enjoy your job. Yeah. I mean, shoot, we all want to, right? It's like, it's funny exactly. how like I box, I box myself into this weird corner. It's like, this was, this was always the goal. Like what, what what's going on here? Yeah. I, I kind of get where you're coming from. So I was texting with a friend today and I'll be honest, I took a two hour nap this afternoon. Um, I needed it. I was coming off a really busy week, but I started the text saying, yeah, my spoiled, uh, my spoiled ass. And then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why, why is it taking a nap being spoiled and taking care of myself? I was like, it's okay. I was just like, it's okay. It's okay to stop and breathe. It's okay to kind of enjoy what's going, you know, kind of enjoy things, you know? Yeah, no, that, that makes, that makes sense. Um, but we're socially conditioned to see, you know, kind of doing something non-traditionally or getting some joy. It's really strange. Like there's, we, we see it all over the place, like on social media and people talk about having a joyful life, but yet there's a lot of guilt that, you know, probably a lot of it's just internalized and that we create. But there's this weird kind of push and pull that I'm that I observe just kind of in our society. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But I also think that it's it can be more localized. Like, like I am experiencing like 
like a significant amount of guilt right now. Cause like I can hear my wife with my kids right now and you can tell that like they're being quite difficult mm -hmm. and like, I'm down here talking to you, having a great time. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'm sitting here like, this is like a great example of this, this concept because I'm sitting here like, I hear them. I hear like, you know, like our, our dinner got pushed back and all of a sudden like now it's like close to 6.30 and I'm sure everyone's a little hangry and like I, you know, and then our call got pushed back and then, so again, like, this isn't complaining. It's just more of like, oh, wow. Like, like what I just said, what, what I just said, like, you know, from a general perspective, I'm now like, I'm actually in it right now because like, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that guilt. And every time I hear a noise come down, like kind of rattle through the house and, and like, I'm in the basement recording this, I'm like, oh God, like, what am I doing? What am I doing right now? Am I messing up? And I, am I being attentive husband and father? Like, you know, my, am, am I being selfish right now by, by recording this call? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would guess that if I polled a hundred people, and they they were able to look at this from all angles. They'd be like, "No, like this this is this is a half an hour phone call. Like it's no big deal. You know what I mean? But like it doesn't change the fact that like I'm experiencing these emotions like gutturally." Gotcha. And what are your thoughts on kind of practicing practicing keyword here uh, because it's not going to feel natural giving yourself permission not to feel that sometimes. That. I can, I can feel that. I, I, I understand that. But then I think with that comes the idea of like, you know, being, you know, being in a partnership in my case with my wife, like it's one thing for me to feel that, but if she doesn't feel that, right. Then, then all of a sudden it's like, all right, then I either like have to not worry about how she feels about it. Or like we have to get on the same page and like, do I really want to like have a long conversation about something that feels a little trivial to have like, a heart to heart about, you know what I mean? So I guess part of me is like, it might just be easier. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, it sounds like something that probably requires a little bit, a little bit more communication uh, to kind of figure that out with her. Yeah. And even she might even be thinking that I might just be like projecting, it, it, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and I think that that's one of the things too. We project how we feel like, well, if I feel this, they're definitely feeling this. And that's a, a good indicator to check in whenever we start having these feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot. So that's basically the main thing now for me is like running is going fairly well. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm starting to, I'm starting to turn a corner with the nutrition stuff. Mm -hmm. um, Fantastic. And now it's just going to, now it's going to be all right. Like it's not summer anymore. So balancing this during the school year is, you know, that's part of what this whole thing was about. Is like living that, you know, parent amateur runner lifestyle and still and still doubling down on the running and making it work. And I think now this is going to be kind of the next step in the process of like, all right, you know, you're able to do that in the summer. And, you know, the, August was fine, but that that wasn't exactly a surprise. How's this going to work when it's an atypical school year and how are you going to make it work? Yeah, you're, you're writing a really interesting story uh, that I think is probably going to help a lot of parents, uh, regardless of what this actually turns out to be. So, well, I think the, the bet that one of the things that we want to take going into September is just kind of embracing not knowing and focusing more on kind of, okay, when you run, being as present as you can when you're with your kids being as present with you can as, as you can and we kind of have to ask that question that I you know say all the time where are my feet right now where am I right now 
And then we kind of, again, do the kind of permission giving is like, okay, I give myself permission to fully enjoy this run. I give myself permission, which you're going to head upstairs in a few minutes and eat with your family, full permission to just hang out with my family. All right. That sounds good. All right. Speaking of that, that's what I got to go do now. So do you want to, is there anything else you want to want to hit on before we get going? Uh, one, one thing is if we were to set kind of a focal point or a goal in between this conversation and the next, what would that be for you? Mm. I'm not sure. Um, you know, considering what we're talking about, that's that's immediately where my mind is going. Is trying to set a goal around it. Okay. Um, I guess I guess the biggest goal for me is um, that's tough, man. I'm I'm struggling. I'm not quite sure. Do you have any thoughts, or does it have to be coming from me? No, I mean, oh, I can help you out. That's what I'm here for. Um, yeah, let's work on kind of simplifying things a little bit. So, what I want you to practice is being aware of the noise in your head versus the signal or the task or something like that. So for instance, we're doing one thing and our brain's going in multiple directions is we just want to, and this is more just kind of a focal point than a goal because it's pretty abstract, is I think we just really want to be mindful of that and working on kind of pruning the stuff you don't need. If it's controllable and it's true, go for it. If there's questions surround it, either address it or, or release it, depending on what it is. All right. I can do that. Thank you, Adrian. All right, man. Good uh, quick session. Enjoy your steak salad. Enjoy the family. <laughs> and sorry about Texas. We're like that sometimes. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. All right. Talk to you later. Hey, guys. One last ad break before we get into the last pro here. I want to talk about Tracksmith. They are the preeminent attire brand here in the U.S. They just, they have the best gear. They just have the best gear. Not only is it great on your body, it lasts. And this stuff is just high end. All right, so Tracksmith is a Boston-based brand, which I can relate to. I live an hour away from Boston. They're all the time, led by a group of runners who are committed to making classically stylish, cutting-edge apparel. Their focus is on real-world amateur runners. Just like me, who's trying to break sub 40. Can you relate to that? And so many people have commented and said, hey, I can relate to what you're doing. Believe me, part of that is making sure that you're going about it the right way. And for me, it's not spending a bunch of money on all this gear that's going to die out like in two months. <laughs> I swear to God, some of this gear uh, looks great when you first try it on, but it doesn't last. Tracksmith, I love all their stuff, their designs, their products. They're, like I said, they're for committed runners, and they use the best materials for sweat wicking, stink-free merino wool, and in all their training tops, and their unique Italian nylon knit for their performance shorts. Their shorts, my goodness. You know, if you're if you're a guy, you know what it can feel like with some of the rubber bands uh, in the brief section of the shorts. I'd never have to readjust. And that might sound like who cares? If you're a dude, you know, some of these shorts, you're readjusting like every half mile. Not at all. These shorts are absolutely fantastic. And it's because the details they put into it. So you got a ton of new releases. They got the new release actually came out this week was people who are doing run commuting. And that was so interesting. I love that. Uh, but ultimately, I love the session shorts. Um, you know, for me, the, some people like the half, the the, uh, the reggae half tights, the Reggie half tights, I should say. Um, 
I can't do the haptites. I'm just not not there yet <laughs> from a from a body perspective to really you know want to show that off. Uh, but I do love the session shorts. Like I said, I just am such a fan of those. Um, I think I got the seven inch inseam. They also have the five inch inseam as well. Uh, I cannot recommend them highly enough. And the tops, they are so thin. And when these hot summer days. You're, that's exactly what you're going to want. So uh, head over to tracksmith.com slash rambling runner and use code rambling runner. So that's how much we want to do. If you spend $75 or more, you get 15% off your first purchase. And that's huge. And you're going to buy a bunch of, bunch of stuff. I think my first, my first time going on the site, I think I spent $500 because I wanted all the stuff. I wanted all of it and it lasts. So I knew it was going to be a great investment for me. So if you're doing that and you're saving 15%, shoot, you're going to save a ton of money, a ton of money. So go over there today, tracksmith.com slash rambling runner. Last one up, Atreyu. Atreyu is a brand new running shoe brand that is my favorite running shoe. These things are under six ounces, six ounces, but they're no race flat type shoe, right? This shoe is in there for every single run that you want to do. Long runs, short runs, tempo runs, you know, speed work, whatever. It can do it all. And if you don't believe me, go Google Atreyu. That's A-T-R-E-Y-U. And look at all of the reviews. They're all out there. They're all fantastic. This is how I got into, this is how I found out about them. And this is a brand new shoe company. I found out about them from the reviews that were coming in. I'm like, oh my gosh, these, these reviewers that I trust Love this shoe brand. I got to try them out. And I'm so glad that I did. You can buy the shoes one off direct to consumer. Go to atreyurunning.com. They're $95. You're like, man, that's super cheap. $95. That's right. For an everyday running shoe. However, get the subscription service. So you get four shoes over 12 months. Guess how much they are then? $55. $55. That means you get Basically, four shoes for the price of two if you're going to buy them as one-offs. So go over to atreyurunning.com. That's A-T-R-E-Y-U running.com today. Hey, Starla. How's it going? Going well. How's everything going for you? It's going well. So we're doing the doing the video thing. So I got the dogs. So if anyone hears this, got the dogs around. <laughs> got to keep an eye on them while I'm here alone. Um, little puppy looking at me right now. Hey, buddy. Um, so no, I'm excited. I'm excited to chat. Good, good. Yes, me too. Um, so tell me a little bit about what's been going on over the last couple of weeks. What are some areas that you have been struggling with? I guess the main issue that I'm struggling with isn't necessarily related to the food that I'm eating. It's mm-hmm. more of how I feel um, with my body. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I know I, I posted about this on Instagram and I've had some people comment on it a little bit, uh, some very positive stuff and other things like, hey, you shouldn't look at this. But, you know, I, I'm aware of what my weight is. I'm aware mm-hmm. of what my BMI is. And I know that you know, those aren't perfect metrics. With that said, they are metrics that can be fairly useful and within context. Um, so, you know, I'm currently 5'8", and now I'm 189. So when I started this, I was 186. Uh, mm-hmm. To put this in perspective, last year at this time, I was 166. So mm-hmm. I've gained a considerable amount of weight uh, in the last year. Um, so just to kind of put that in perspective in terms of what's like a normal-ish weight. And even when I was 166, I felt like, yeah, this isn't quite where I want to be either. Um, so the last month or so, I've gained three pounds, which is a lot to gain in a month, you know, and I know weight, 
you know, depends on what day you weigh yourself, so on and so forth. But um, when I do weigh myself, it's at a consistent time of day. It's, you know, I mean, I try to keep all the variables the same so mm-hmm. that, so it's a um, apples to apples comparison. Um, you know, I want to be going in the other direction uh, in a, in terms of how my body is, um, you know, like the only pants I fit into were gym shorts with elastic band pants. Like I literally don't fit into any of my pants or shorts have a button on. They don't have elastic bands. So that's kind of where I am right now. It's frustrating because, you know, it doesn't feel great. So um, I guess that's kind of, again, this has nothing necessarily to do with the eating plan, but it's kind of where I am and it's frustrating and it doesn't feel great. Right, right. Okay. So we're noticing that even when we were 20 pounds less, the same thoughts that were appearing or that were popping up at 166 are still popping up even at 180, 89, 86, 89, sorry. Okay. So we know that even when you're in a smaller body or you're thinner or you're weighing less, you're still having these same thoughts. Um, So I want to point that out. Like even when you were at this smaller weight or this lower weight, that was still happening. Um, And so now that we're in this weight, it's still very clear that you know, that we're working through a lot of these maybe self-limiting beliefs, self-sabotaging cycles that are happening around the food. Um, And also like, I think sometimes when we fall into like nutrition plans, sometimes we can think that they're going to be like the, like the saving grace to some of these thoughts. But the reality is, is that you can have the most perfect nutrition plan And like, even if like mine is perfect for you or like another dietitian gave it to you and it was the perfect thing, or even if you downloaded like a 16 or 1800 calorie nutrition plan, the thoughts would still be the same. So some of the things I would definitely encourage would be, why don't we backtrack to where maybe some of these like really challenging thoughts are popping up? Are they popping up in the morning when you wake up? Are they happening around mealtimes? Are they happening around snacking? Where do you feel like you're having most of these thoughts pop up? I don't feel like they pop up as much as they're omnipresent. Okay. Um, it's such an ever-present part of my thought process that it's hard to discern when it's not there as opposed to when it is mm-hmm. there. Okay. So one of the, the things that you had told me recently was like, you just feel like you're constantly hungry and then you have like an insatiable appetite. Yeah, I, I say that's true. Um, I think yeah, I might have overstated it a bit. Um, yeah, I think part of that is also, you know, if I'm, if I'm busy, then maybe I, snack, I eat less, um, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to just kind of being around. Um, usually morning I, I do, I do feel hungry a lot and the more I eat, the more I want to eat. And yeah, I feel like it didn't really get dis- I don't feel like that appetite was curbed from a snacking perspective with the bigger meals. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, all right, I'm having bigger meals now that will, so like the bigger meal will then like counterbalance the snacking. And then all of a sudden we'll be at a good spot. Um, I just felt like I was eating bigger meals and I was still snacking. And then all of a sudden I was like, just having more food. Okay. Okay. Um, do you feel like the last plan that we talked about or like the last time we talked, like 
Because I know one of the biggest things for you when we first started was like, well, if I'm increasing my meal times, I know I'm still going to be snacking. And that's a concern for me. Right. Yeah. So that mm-hmm. was that was a concern. Becoming, mm-hmm. you know, just just in terms of like, um, I wasn't trying to like predict what was going to happen. It was just something that I was conscious of because I was aware that I was going to be taking in bigger meals. Um, but at the same time, yeah. So like, I would say I was having you know drastically bigger meals, especially at lunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially, especially at, at um at breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having much more food than right. I normally would. Would you say that you're walking into meals and snack times with this belief that you were going to end up eating more later on? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. The only reason I'm asking is because sometimes we can, we can impose like these beliefs on ourselves. So like these self limiting beliefs around food that we're just going to end up failing. And so even though it's not like said in that context, like I'm going to fail, we have to take a step back and even think about, well, if, even if I eat larger meals, I'm still going to be snacking. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't actually allow us to have like the reflective response that we could have. If we just gave ourselves some grace, like if I did snack, it probably is because I'm hungry and I'm going to check in and see if I actually am. And like, understand like which kind of hunger is it too like is it like am I snacking because I'm stressed am I mindlessly eating or am I physically hungry versus like already going in with the notion of I am going to eat anyway regardless of what kind of hunger it is I was definitely going into it as like eating is part of the plan I'm going to eat a snack Mm -hmm. right so I would say that like I viewed having a snack as much part of the plan as having breakfast. Regardless so, if you were hungry or not. Well, I'm always hungry. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Uh, I, can't, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm hungry a lot. So I can't, I guess part of me is like, is my stomach just expanded to the point where like, I'm just like, I need to like, I don't know. I, I feel like, first of all, like, so I'm not, I'm not in a position oftentimes where I'm like, you know what? I'm not hungry, but I'm going to eat anyway like consciously. Mm-hmm. Um, however, from like a snacking perspective, I'm what we're talking about. I definitely feel like, yeah, I'm, of course I'm going to eat a snack. Like that's, that's what I do around 1030. Like that's what, not only is what I've done, but it's like, it's also part of our plan. So like, I just kind of viewed it as like this fate complete. Right. Right. So, so it sounds like sometimes snacking was a placeholder because it was on the plan, regardless if you were hungry or not. Um, And because it was on the plan for you. So what I, what I also encourage is like, whenever I'm putting things on the plan is it is important to check in and see like, am I hungry? How hungry am I? Um, You you know, did, does my body feel exhausted? Am I having a slump in energy? Like all of those things, like these are questions that we want to be asking ourselves so that way we put ourselves in a position and we start practicing mindful eating or intuitive eating. Um, So even if it's on the plan, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to eat it if you're not hungry. Okay. Um, Because you did say that you were constantly hungry. So I was putting it there in the event that you were having physical hunger. So like stomach growling. And things like that, like those kinds of signs will tell us that 
we are physically hungry and that we need to have something like it's a very definite, like if you're having a stomach growl, that means that you are actually hungry. All right. Let's talk about that topic because maybe my view of hunger, maybe I need to like, you know, how like people who live like in Alaska have like mm-hmm. 31 different words for snow and I'm in Alaska, but you know, people, mm-hmm. they, they say that like, they have like, you know, they're so used to snow that they have 31 different words. Um, I think they said Eskimos or whatever, have like 31 different words for snow because there's so much different differentiation because they're so familiar with it. Maybe when it comes to hunger, like I need to expand my vocabulary in a similar way because I'm saying hungry or hunger to something that maybe isn't quite that or maybe doesn't rise to the level of that. Right, right. Okay. So let's see. So I actually do have a chart here. Um, And so we use, so dietitians will use like hunger scales to help people like really differentiate where they're at, where they should probably be having a snack and so forth. Um, Because for a lot of people, it is really hard to like understand, like before we're starting a meal, am I hungry? Should I be having a snack? When would it be appropriate for me to have a snack? So just right off the bat, like physiological signs that we should probably have a snack is like we're having a drop in blood sugar and that's where you'll see diabetics um, need something. So they're having like trembly hands, they start to lose focus, they feel a little bit dizzy. Um, That's a true sign. Like maybe you do need to have something. Um, Again, physical hunger could also look like we're having stomach growls. Um, A lot of people will get headaches as well. Or they just start to see like, maybe I'm getting irritable, hangry, that's an actual like sign that you probably should eat something, or that you're losing productivity. So some people like they're just like, I never get hungry, but then they have a really hard time focusing. So whenever we're like journaling food, it's always really helpful to always check in beforehand. And a lot of my clients will start to log their meals for me, and they'll be adding in little notes like, you know, I was hungry beforehand or was a little bit hungry. So I had this meal or wasn't very hungry today. Um, But I knew that I was going to be waiting three hours through a Zoom call. And so that's why I had this snack until I could actually have a full meal. So they're doing like, they're, they're assessing before they will get hungry. And that's just based off a pattern. Um, as well of like what they have seen in the past from the journaling when they wait too long they end up really really grouchy or like they can't make it through their zoom call and so when we're looking at the hunger scale like one famished faint and irritable that's just that's a true reason why you should probably eat something right number two is very hungry and you need food fast Number three is hungry and you're ready to eat. So these are like descriptive words. Number four is beginning to feel signs of hunger, like growling stomach. Um, Five is like where you're physically full. So you're starting to check in and while you're eating, you start to feel like kind of a little push at your stomach. Um, And number six is satisfied, no longer hungry. And number seven is slightly uncomfortable feeling of fullness. So sometimes when people are starting to really tap into the hunger scale, they'll start to feel, they'll start to be around here. Um, Sometimes people can definitely like feel too full, like they have to loosen their belt. We want to prevent this from happening. Okay. So whenever you are eating, 
would where would you say like you're more or less at um usually usually three or four when i start eating um the only times i get to the point of like one or two in terms of like i'm you know famished um feeling faint need food fast very hungry would be like after doing um significant like something significant in terms of like um you know something physical for an extended period of time so say like i'm outside doing yard work for two to three hours right that sort of thing um right uh that that would kind of lead me to that one or two level scale but usually i'm at three or four okay okay and then before you eat it's four to five um and then whenever you're done eating like a, a meal time like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, where would you say that you're at? I would say, say for breakfast or lunch, mm-hmm. and I, even dinner too. I would say if I'm eating at my house, uh, it's not like some sort of big family meal or whatever. Um, I usually go to um, usually six or seven. Okay. So it sounds like sometimes they can go into the feeling of fullness about how much in percent would you say that you're going into number seven? So seven is slightly uncomfortable feeling of fullness. Um, that really doesn't happen very often. Um, okay. I would say the vast majority of times, actually, no, now I'm looking at this again. It's, it's usually five or six. Seven is, is rare. It never happens for lunch. Occasionally it will happen for breakfast when I've had some of these bigger breakfasts recently but then it, it can happen to do family meals family meals i feel like sometimes all bets are off um but if we're not having one of those usually it's five or six okay so most meals are on five or six and then when you have your snacks where do you feel like you're at well this is the issue or... is that like i'll usually snack until i'm like until i'm at six like satisfied no longer hungry and sometimes it just takes a lot of snacks to get there. Or maybe I'm just eating these snacks too fast because like I'll just consume just a ton of snacks um, and then I'll get there. So it's like I'll be like at snack time, I'll be hungry as if it's like meal time, And then I'll eat like the commiserate amount, um, not commiserate amount, but like the, the, the amount of snacks that will get me to that point of feeling hungry, which oftentimes isn't a whole lot different than in terms of the kind of the size of a meal I would have. Okay. So you're finding that your snacks are, are looking pretty similar to your meal times. Well, especially afternoon snacks. It feels like by mm-hmm. getting to afternoon snack, I feel like I'm on like this deficit hunger, which doesn't make sense. I'm having these enormous meals, but mm-hmm. anyway, it's still how I feel. I don't know. And then, mm-hmm. but maybe it's just like just learning how to deal with it. Right. So The big point I want to make here too is like when we're like, when you say like learning how to deal with it, like, does that mean for you, like ignoring your hunger despite having a growling stomach? I wouldn't say that I have a growling stomach at that point. I would just say like, I'm still hungry. Like there's like, you know, I don't think it raises to the level of like, you know, like this one or one or two on the scale. I'm sorry. Growling stomach except four. It's funny because I think of growling something. My stomach almost never growls unless it's like one or two. I guess it's like just my own physical symptoms are different than are on here. 
again, this is just to like help you think there is no right or wrong answer. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Cause it sounds like, you know, I can hear your frustration in your voice and like, you're like, well, maybe that's just me. And that's like making it seem like there's something wrong with you, Matt, and there's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) This is just to like really understand like yourself a little bit better. And then also for me to understand like where you're at too. So there is no right or wrong here. We're just really trying to see where is Matt right now? And then where can we take this next step um, together? All right. Okay. So one thing I want to, cause you said that like you're not, you don't really actually feel hungry. Like now that you're going through it and you're like reflecting on the snacking. So, and you're thinking maybe I am eating like too much of like the snacks that are not satisfying or filling enough. And so that's leading to larger portions, which could be happening. Or number two is like, you're also maybe feeling like maybe I'm just eating because maybe I'm that's that's what I'm supposed to be doing too. Yeah, it's more of just you know more more hunger, but I'm also I'm aware that I'm gonna snack. But you know what I mean, like. But it's more just hunger. Like right now, it's eleven thirty. I ate an hour ago. I had a Kashi Trail Mix bar, mm-hmm. and I had a, a bunch of blueberries. Right for a snack. I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> really, really hungry uh, for breakfast. I ate later than normal. We have some family in town. Um, uh, so for breakfast, I had two scrambled eggs and I had um, three pieces of bacon. Mm-hmm. And I had that around 830. I slept in a little later than normal. Today was a day off from running. You know, so since 830, it's 1130 now. In the last three hours, I've, had, I've eaten quite a bit. Um, I'm really hungry right now. Uh, and this is just kind of like a typical, a typical feeling, typical moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you said that you had, and you logged it too. So you had two eggs and three pieces of bacon. Oh, and I've had coffee too. I, I sometimes forget to put the coffee on there. Okay. So you've had this and you feel like you've eaten a lot already. No, I guess I'm saying, yeah. I mean, all told, I mean, when you put the snacks in the breakfast and the snack in the last three hours. Okay. So if we looked at the total amounts here, You've had 30 grams of protein, 35 grams of carb, and what is it? Um, like 525 total calories for the day, right? Mm-hmm. If we did the math on all of these nutrients that you logged. So I would say that it might feel like a lot because you've had two meals or we're thinking about it in ways of like, I've eaten this many times. So I've eaten twice already. I'm going to eat a third time. And so when we think about it in that way, it is coming off as like, yes, it is a lot of times to be eating for not even being noon yet. Um, so what I want to encourage here is like one, you're feeling hungry And this may have felt like a lot of food for you, but I don't think it actually is. Like if I were to look at this, I would be guessing like, yeah, you would probably be hungry around this time already, especially if you had 343 calories at breakfast time and you're a male. Yeah. So this was a smaller breakfast than I normally eat. mm -hmm. Um, And because I didn't run today, 
I also haven't had like my like protein powder real meal replacement shake, which I normally have in the mornings as mm-hmm. well. But I guess I guess breakfast isn't a whole lot different than normal because normally like on top of that, I would have something similar, and then I'd also basically be like a be- egg scramble. So it'd be like I have spinach in there, but I know spinach isn't like calorie laden; it's more nutrient dense than anything. Okay, so I'm looking here. The only thing that I would have changed would have changed here if I were like looking at somebody's food. What I would have been, I would have suggested you probably need some carb here because there's only protein and fat, so you need carb, um, and preferably like a carb that has fiber to help keep you full. So like a whole grain toast or half of a bagel, something like that would have done well here to help you get a little bit more balance. So does that kind of make sense too? Like there's protein, a fat, there's, you would still need a carb. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, um, after like my recent weight gain, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, yeah, I I guess I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about eating more carbs. Like, I feel like I know this is not what we've talked about and I know it's, you know, because of that, it's kind of irrational, but mm-hmm. like, right. I have and such so a sweet tooth for me. Carbs can be a slippery slope. And like, I knew it wasn't going to like not eat carbs the whole day. I mean, if you look at my snack. It was like a ton of carbs. It was like 32 grams of carbs and only 182 calories. Right. Like that's a pretty crazy ratio, but like, I don't know. I just was like, I don't know. I guess that's what was going on in my head at the time. Hey guys, I want to give a couple shout outs here before we get to my next pro that I'm working with. First things first, you can. I'll tell you what, when it comes to making sure that you are hydrated and ready to run, you can is where it is at. They have the super starch. All right. That provides the long lasting energy without the spike or crash of other sugary drinks or mixes or anything else you're going to use. They don't have the malodextrin that so many of these products rely on. And it provides you that even state of energy, which is so important, uh, especially if you're having that long run or on these hot days where I just feel like I just get drained so easily and I'm just so sensitive to sugar. So even just from a daily use perspective, I love using their bars. For me, it's the salted peanut butter bar, which is I'm just a huge fan of. And this stuff is great because it not only is it filling and it provides you with all the fuel you'll need, whether you're taking the you can hydrate like the strawberry kiwi before the run or after the run or just having the more uh, you can energy, which is, you know, provides a little more energy on the run. That's great either right before or take it during. So if you're on a long run, popping that into your bottle, which is great. Or again, just having a bar as for me, I like to have it as a late afternoon snack. So around three-ish, I like to have their bars uh, kind of hold me over until dinner. So go over there right now. Go to youcan.co, that's U-C-A-N dot C-O, and use code R-R-U-C-A-N. Uh, so it's Rambling Runner U-C-A-N. So R-R-U-C-A-N at youcan.co. Go there today, save 15% and get the best energy and running nutrition in the business. Also, before we get to my next pro, I also want to give a huge shout out to Inside Tracker. I'm doing an Inside Tracker test on Tuesday. Why do I want to do that? Well, I may know how I look in the mirror. I may know how I feel when I do kind of a self-assessment and try to figure out what's going on in my life. Ultimately, what I don't know is exactly what's happening inside my body. And that is what Inside Tracker can help me out with. So whether it's, how's my vitamin D? How's my iron? How's my ferritin? How's my you name it. 
you know, almost, you know, we're talking about 40 different biomarkers they're going to test you for. They also have the inner age. They also have the immunity test. They have so many things going on in terms of what they're able to provide to their customers that you get a true and accurate picture of exactly what's going on with your body. And, and this is why it's important to me, not only capturing that, but then capturing it every three to four months or so to see how you're coming along. The other one is, you know, especially for someone like me, is testosterone. I've had testosterone go up and down in my life. And when it, you know, when you hit the valley with testosterone, you know, it's not great. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, something that can really affect you in so many ways. And, you know, for some people, they feel the same way if they're low in ferritin or they're low in the vitamin D. And it can really be this pervasive thing. And making sure that you're on top of this is so important because you can't look in the mirror or hop on a scale and tell this stuff. You need to get your blood work done. And I trust Inside Tracker. So go to InsideTracker.com and use code INSIDE20. Spell that all out. Don't just, not the numbers 20, spell it out. Inside20 to save 20%. And that's a huge number because you get their ultimate package. There's a lot in there. And if you're saving 20%, that can really, really help you out. In addition, I have a link in the show notes that you can click right on it. You'll get right to that page and save the money that you need to save. So let's get into it back again with my featured co-hosts and professionals. Right, right. And that's the point I wanted to make. Like, you try to rationalize, like, I'm trying to lose weight, I don't need carbs. But then you got to your snack time. And then it was like, all right, the body needs carbs now, it's not satisfied. And so the majority of the snack was carb. So your body is going to signal if it doesn't have what it needs, it's going to find its way at some point in the day, whether we like it or not. And we can try to use willpower to fight against it, or we can actually give it what it needs and actually free up that mental space. Because right now we're trying to use willpower to overcome these cues and it's causing a lot of mental fatigue on your end. Well, the Kashi trail mix bar is like a snack that like I'm having like every day. So it was kind of like, I knew I'd be having that, you know, it wasn't as, I mean, not to say that I wasn't craving carbs, but it also Mm. like that choice wasn't simply reactionary. I also like, you know, I went grocery shopping on Saturday, right? Like the same as every week. Like I bought those knowing that that this was going to be a snack food for me, either mid afternoon or mid morning. Um, so it was also kind of in the plan as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know. I think it can fit in the plan. What I would have encouraged here would have been, you know, this doesn't also necessarily have to be here every single day. Okay. Does that make sense? And what I mean by that too would have been like, what do you? how do you think you would have felt if this entire thing was here at breakfast? I would have felt, I guess uh, that whole thing was at breakfast. I mean, that's pretty typical to what the breakfast I was having when we first started. Because when we first started, I'd have the scrambled eggs. I'd have the, either bacon or sausage. And then I'd also have a slice of wheat bread with peanut butter on it and fruit. It was like the breakfast we talked about in the beginning. And it was just so much. It just felt so uncomfortable. And I was like not looking forward to eating it at all. And maybe I just had to like just keep going with it and I'd and I'd adjust. But did you physically feel like very, very full? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So whenever that happens, that's always like a really important like thing to log like felt very 
full um, because that could have been adjusted. Like, and again, I think like sometimes when we see plans, it's like, I have to execute it a hundred percent. Like again, at the very beginning, it's always like, this is the guide. This is the template. It can always be adjusted. Like not and like, I think this is where like maybe a lot of people get really confused with working with a dietitian when we set up a plan. It's like you have to complete it a hundred percent and then it doesn't feel right. It's always really important to say like, you know, I physically just felt like it was a lot because then it could have been adjusted from there. Like okay. we don't know how that person is going to feel. We can only infer how it could help that person, but it can always be adjusted um, because we're also just like, making estimated guesses on what could actually be helpful. So whenever people are logging, it's really important to also be putting in that information and like, it doesn't hurt my feelings, right? Cause I don't know what's, what's going on, on the other end, but it's always really helpful. So that way if it's like, okay, this physically felt like too much, maybe if we do need to adjust it and like change things around, things can always be changed. Yeah. I haven't been good at the logging part. Never mind, like putting in commentary. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause it's always, again, this is why I like the logs because I'll be asking questions, but like it's little things like this where I'm thinking like, okay, like maybe that was helpful for that person, but if it's not vocalized, I don't know. So it's always like really important to like express needs um, in any situation because um, the person on the other end just like may not know. All right. Okay. So we know that, you know, from what you said right now, that when we did the scrambled eggs, bacon, the toast with peanut butter and the fruit that it just felt like too much physically for you. Yeah. Okay. And were you doing two slices of toast? No. It was one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when you do something like this, does that help you feel more satiated? I guess it's such a small sample size. It's hard for me to say with perfect perfect clarity. Mm -hmm. But when I recollect on it, I'm so biased. I don't even trust my recollections. Um, I feel like I'm still hungry. I don't know. I feel like I'm still going to snack. I'll have, let me put this way. (laughs) I'll have like an enormous dinner sometimes, right? And then, like, so say I finish eating at 6 o'clock. Okay. At 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, like, I'm really hungry. Like, it's like, why am I really hungry right now? I just had this enormous meal. Like, what the heck? Um, And then it's like, or so, like, last night's a good example. Like, Sunday night for me is always a work night. So, like, I was, I worked till, like, 11.15 last night. You know, like, I was pretty hungry, like, yeah, I ate some food, man, for sure. I had a ton of food at like 11 o'clock. You know, I think it's like five different snacks, like 11 o'clock at night. You know, I was really hungry. Um, it had been a while since I had eaten. Um, yeah, I just, you know, it was one of those things. I was literally like, God, it's like so embarrassing. I was literally eating a granola bar on the way up the stairs to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I thinking? Like, I don't need to eat to sleep. Like, what the heck is going on with me? Um, but there I was doing it and knowing in in the moment being like, what are you doing? Right. Right. And I think, again, I think what may have been happening was, you know, just feeling like 
you know, you ate something and then all these thoughts are going through your head. Like, again, just like you're telling me, what am I thinking? Like, I don't need to be eating this, but your stomach was rolling. You were hungry. And then you have all this guilt and the shame around eating. And so then that in turn causes this cycle to happen to where you continuously eat because you're just like, what am I doing anyway? Yeah, that sounds right. So what I want to encourage is, you know, we definitely want to start breaking that pattern. And I'm pretty sure like maybe Adrian has talked to you about this too. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. With okay. Stuff. Okay. So we want to make sure that whenever that does happen, that, you know, we want to reframe it in terms of like, okay, I was hungry. I was meeting my needs and like, I just need to show up again tomorrow and see how I feel Um, instead of like beating ourselves up and having those self-sabotaging thoughts because then that doesn't help. And then it just perpetuates the cycle of like, I'm just going to keep gaining weight anyway. When you have all the tools and you have the power to, you know, work through all of these things and, you know, weight gain is not like the inevitable thing that's going to happen to you. Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't want that. (laughs) Yeah. So just kind of take that, um, but it's okay. I mean, and, you know, and I'm like a huge optimist. I have clients that like really panic about it. And then like, eventually they end up finding their weight goals, but it's because like, they have to like really practice and tune in. And of course this is a practice. And this is why a lot of people fail at it is because like, you know, really looking at what's happening and working through it alone is really, really hard. And so whenever I'm working with somebody, it's very much like, very much like these steps, like, okay, like what is happening here? Like, how are we going to work through it? Um, And like really, really trusting yourself to to succeed, because if you don't believe that you're actually going to succeed, that's going to be, you're going to be your biggest barrier. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm like this unique snowflake who like can't lose weight or something. It's more the opposite. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Every, you're working with all these people. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. like, you're not like this crazy case, like this exceptional person who, like, can't lose weight. Like, like this, that's, that's a ridiculous notion. Like, come on, you're better than this. Right, right. And so I think, like, and maybe it is the pressure of, like, man, I have all these people at my disposal. Like, why can't I succeed right now? Um, but like, if you've never gone through like something like this, it's a new experience and it is challenging. New experiences are challenging. I think a lot of people think that new experiences are going to like bring us all kinds of enlightenment. And while yes, that could be true in order to get there, it is a challenge. Definitely feels like one. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm very optimistic. So if that doesn't show in my face, um, and I guess like for the viewers who are listening to this, like, I think Matt's probably thinking like how Estelle is so positive all the time, but it's because I see a lot of these behaviors every day. And then like, I have clients that are very successful. Well, I look forward to being one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, one of my clients, 
she lost um, 40 pounds in like the last eight months. And, you know, she could have looked at it as like, man, I only lost five pounds and like, I'm working really hard, but we kept focusing on like long-term and very sustainable, healthy habits for her and reframing her mindset around nutrition and like how she was viewing exercise post-college because she was a college athlete and you know she found her place found herself in a place where she wasn't very happy and so reframing it around her lifestyle has definitely helped her so it's all about perspective all right well um this week i did a little meal prep stuff yesterday um first try i saw so i got like this these roasted veggie packs i got two of them it was um, mm-hmm. broccoli, cauliflower, and uh, it was funny. When I bought it, I thought it was carrots, but it was actually uh, chopped up uh, large chunks of sweet potato. Um, so then I'm basically double dipping because I got, I got like sweet potato fries and made those too. Uh, I, didn't really, I didn't plan on having so much sweet potato. I thought those were supposed to be carrots. Uh, I guess I didn't look closely enough to the pack. Um, and then I, um, I didn't think this was the case when I – bought it but we did actually have two kind of pre-marinated pork tenderloin packs Uh, i bought one we already had one in the fridge so um the one i bought was like a lemon garlic pork tenderloin um you know it's like those pre-packaged things um so Mm -hmm. i made that as well Uh, so i guess i got that in the fridge awesome so we know that you're probably gonna have tenderloin and sweet potato and vegetables. The other thing I actually wanted to point out was yesterday's too. Um, here you did your normal um, kashi bar in the morning and then you did your snack, which is a meal replacement with milk. And then lunch was a sandwich. And then after that, it was hummus with crackers. Yes, that was an open face sandwich. Okay. How did how did everything go in the morning time in the evening time? I know you said that you were still snacking, right? Yeah, so we had um, we went out to a um, like a clam shack type place. Mm-hmm. So I had um, in the after, at evening I had um, ahi tuna tacos um, okay. plus a chicken finger plus a um, what's it called clam cake. Okay, and then after that, was there anything else? Yeah, I mean, I had a bunch of, then I had a ton of snacks at 11. Okay, so we know that when you got through this first half of the day, it looked pretty good. Um, I probably would have encouraged your doing the the chocolate meal replacement with maybe like some eggs, because I think it probably would have helped you feel more satiated at the end of dinner. Yeah. I was punishing myself yesterday morning for eating too much on Saturday. So I don't want to overwhelm you because you also sound really overwhelmed right now. Um, Especially after this session, it's a lot. So thanks so much for sharing so much. Um, I know it's not easy, um, but I always have to tell my clients, especially when they have a hard uh, conversation with me. Um, So what I want to do here is, I know that you you do something like this very similarly throughout the day. So when we're talking about the chocolate meal replacement here, would you feel comfortable with adding like an egg, like an apple on the side? What do you feel like you need? Well, usually I have that. Usually the order is, is, is reversed. So okay. normally um, 
what happens is, especially now that school's starting, like I'm going to, I won't even have the flexibility of running in the afternoon anymore, which, which on Saturday I did, which is part of the reason that the schedule is a little bit different too, is that I'm going to have to run. I'm, to be, I'm going to have to be out of the house by 5 a.m. So what I'll do is I like to have like the, that shake right as soon as I get home. Cause not only does it feel like it's a lot, uh, like a good amount for me, it satiates me, but it's also super fast to make. Cause when I'm coming in the door, like I'm on kid duty, like as soon as I walk in. So it's kind of like that ends up being the first meal of the day. Cause I just don't have enough time when I walk in to, to create the breakfast that I know is best for me. Okay. So let's do that then. Let's do the chocolate milk replacement with the milk and then I know after that you'll have the kashi bar, right? Usually the kashi bar is, is usually a mid-morning snack. Okay. And that's after the, the chocolate shake. No. So it would be like chocolate shake, then 90 minutes later, whatever, hour later, then breakfast. Okay. Then mid-morning snack, which would be like the kashi bar, maybe some, with some fruit. Okay. And the breakfast is still the eggs, right? Yeah, so the the breakfast has been pretty consistent in terms of it being like the eggs, the spinach, and um, some meat, usually sausage, uh, the chicken sausage. Okay. So with these options, and then you go into lunchtime. And so I'm anticipating that you're probably going to have the pork tenderloin with the roasted veggies that you did yesterday, right? Yeah. Okay. And then the afternoon snack is where the wheels fall off. Yeah, that one or the late night snack or some days both. Okay. So when you have like these wheat thins and the everything bagel hummus, do does that satisfy you or are you still really hungry? Yeah, that wasn't enough. Was like, but I also had that knowing that we'd be having an early dinner. So we, I had that knowing that we'd be eating at 4 30 that mm-hmm. day so i didn't quite eat i didn't eat as much um on purpose that time okay so i actually do like these wheat thins with hummus but here i would encourage um what do you think about a cheese stick or adding in an apple to this option yeah sounds good okay so i'm gonna add the apple That way you get some more fiber and it helps keep you a little bit more full. And then for dinner, what are some of the things that you have this week for dinner? I have steak. I have the other pork tenderloin. I have um, chicken thighs. So that's that's what's in there right now. Okay, perfect. And then what are the vegetables that you have with this? I got a bunch. Um... And I have like bag salad too, you know, like Caesar salad bag, whatever. So why don't we do like steak with Caesar salad and then we can do like, do you have rice at all? Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. And then what are some of the other vegetables that you have for the pork tenderloin? Um, I think the, the vegetables I have, I have um, bell peppers, I have squash, I got zucchini, I got broccoli i got brussels sprouts i got more salad uh, i got spinach so why don't we do pork tenderloin with brussels sprouts i think that would complement it well 
So something like that, um, I think would be great. And then what are some of the snacks that you've been having after dinner right now? I'm doing the yogurt. Okay. And then anything else with it? I'm trying not to. Okay. So what I'm actually doing is I'm doing like a protein and a vegetable to help you get those two. And then I'm doing the snack and the yogurt as the yogurt, because I know that you're probably still thinking like, well, I'm still going to have a snack. So um, I want to make sure that when we do have a snack that it's still fitting within your total daily needs. So I do like the yogurt. And then in the event that you're going to choose something with it or after it, what do you, what would you like to have? Do you feel like maybe some granola with yogurt would work well or yogurt and like another fruit option or yogurt with the Kashi bar? I mean, I guess the granola um, or the Kashi bar. Okay. I had this immediate reaction of like, I don't want to do it because like, I don't want to like go down that slippery. I don't know. I feel like for me, it's like such a slippery slope when I eat at night, but maybe I shouldn't think about it like that. Yeah. And I think like when we deprive ourselves, the automatic reaction to it is to overeat or to binge. And that's what's happening is like, you're placing these rules on yourself, like these arbitrary rules. And then when you break them, um, because you feel deprived, you end up overeating. Like, and it happens a lot with a lot of people who are dieting is like you deprive and the reaction and the balance here is to overeat. So what I'm really trying to do is like allow yourself to like have some grace. And that's why I'm saying like, if you have the yogurt, great, like it's still going to fit within your needs. But if you do choose to have it, like I'm placing it here. So that way we're relieving this deprivation feeling and then the overeating doesn't happen. Okay. So it's kind of like you have a yogurt cool. I don't want you to feel bad about it. And like in the event that you still want something else with it, like it's not satisfying. If you did have these options, we've planned for it already. So you'll be okay. Okay. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> I'm like, not yet. Um, I just, and not because it isn't a good plan. It's just, I know that for me, the difference between plan and execution can be a pretty wide gulf. So just cautiously optimistic, I guess, is a better way of saying it. Right, right. Well, again, like I'm pretty optimistic that you're going to get there. You have to believe it or else we continue to have these cycles too. Mm -hmm. So you have to like really believe it and believe in yourself that that you are going to be able to like you know, you get to the yogurt that you're going to be able to say like, okay, like I have this, do I want something else? And if I choose to have something else, I'm not failing. And tomorrow I can make the same decision again. Do I want the yogurt and the, the granola? And if I choose the same thing, cool. Now maybe I get to the third day and I have the yogurt and then I don't want the, the granola. Great. Right. Cause we've planned for it already. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Matt, I'm looking at this day and it looks great. Like I wouldn't have changed anything that you did here at all. Um, Now, what was happening was you got hungry and you beat yourself up for not for feeling hungry when hunger is a very normal human feeling. 
Yeah, and it's um, I and I and I hear that, it's, but it's not it's not that I'm beating myself for getting hungry. It's what I do then. It's the next step. That's what I beat myself up for. Okay, because I bet if we took your total amounts here, you're probably still within your goal calorie range, which is eighteen hundred to twenty one hundred total calories. So you yeah. still had like a thousand calories to work with. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that might've happened. That was like, that was like my best day all week. And I might've made it into the range. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my, so it's, I guess it's my point is that like, you're right. Which is like encouraging and also puts the rest of the week in context of like, I, oh, I, maybe I got into the range that day, that one day I almost did. And it's like, what about the other days? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause even then, like, let's say you did have a 600 calorie dinner, right? And like, sometimes we think like 600 calories sounds like a lot, but if we put it on paper here and we added it up, you're at 1400 calories here anyway. And then let's say you did have a snack, right? You would still have that amount to work with. So you probably were, but it was because of your thoughts that you woke up the next day feeling like you failed when you really didn't. And that's why I'm like very optimistic. I'm like, all we had to do is just reframe your thoughts and like, if you could do another day like this, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do today is I have everything written down that we talked about for your plan. I'm going to put it in very, very simple format as well for you. And then I'll also remind you of what your amounts are, like 1,800 to 2,100 total calories. Okay. Sounds good. Absolutely. Okay. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, folks, you heard it. Things are progressing, uh, going well right now. I'm excited to just get more fit at this point. So um, the mental challenges of September are real. I'm living them, and I'm going to be experiencing them. Uh, With that said, I'm also excited to get more fit. So in three weeks, when you hear the next episode, hopefully that's where I'll be. In the meantime, head over to the blog, mastering40.com. I'm updating that thing two or three times a week with all different sorts of stuff. Uh, make sure you check that out. Also on Instagram at rambling underscore runner. Shouts out to all of my partners here uh, for Mastering 40. I couldn't do it without them. And I'm so happy to have them here. We got Prevenex, you can, Inside Tracker, Tracksmith, and Atreyu. I love all of these companies so much, not only because they're helping me out, but because I use them every single day. So go give them a shot too. You actually go over to the show notes or the Mastering 40 blog to get a link and details on how you can save some extra cash when you go and check those companies out. Thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.